proclaim his name. Hey church, we want to welcome you to this place. So tonight as we claim that, we claim victory in the name. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's continue to worship his name tonight. Come on. Oh yeah. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Oh my God will
That's right, come on. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Ain't that right? Come on. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that victory. So many victories, Lord, that we've seen and that you have seen us through, Jesus. We marvel, Lord, that they keep coming, Lord, in the forgiveness. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Thank you, Lord, for the comfort in your word, Lord. That you take victory from ashes, Lord.
tonight when you come into this place as you're in here, whether here or whether, wherever you're listening, whether you're in the sound of my voice, just say, Lord, I need that miracle. Lord, I need you to work in a supernatural way. Come on. Let them know tonight. But we declare this. Come on, sing it with us. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Come on. You never stop. You never stop working. You God never is at stop. work in your life. You never stop telling you
Someone once said, if you don't feel the fire, your wood is all wet. (laughs) Father, your spirit is moving supernaturally right now. Even though we don't see it, you're moving. Even though we don't feel it, you're moving. I don't know what miracle you need right now, but if you need a miracle, come up right now. Come up right now. Come up right now. You need a miracle breakthrough, come up right now. You need a miracle breakthrough, come right come up here. Cindy, I need you a quick anointing. We're not gonna pray over any any individual person, but just go and anoint people. Chris, start anointing people over there. You have your anointing oil over here, David? Come get some. Give him some over here. Start anointing people. Look, don't miss what God is doing right now. Pastor Mike said, if you need it, ask for it. Even though we don't see it, God is working supernaturally in your situation. Even though you don't feel it, God is working supernaturally on you and within you. Father, right now... There's people at home that are reaching out. They wish they were here. If you're at home and you need a miracle, reach out towards us. But Father, right now, we need a miracle, Father. We need the way maker. We need the miracle worker. We need the promise keeper. We need light in the midst of a darkness. God, you know everything we're going through. You know everything that we're up against. You know every battle that we have faced. Some have been emotional, psychological, spiritual, physical. Father, attacks on families. Attacks, Father God, on generations. We're speaking against every generational curse right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray freedom. We pray that us right now at the altar would end the curse over our families and the generations that will come after us. Father God, there's people that need healing. Me, one of them. God, there's people that need, Father God, reconciliation in the name of Jesus, heal. Father God, there's people that, Father God, need deliverance from demonic spirits and deliverance from drugs and alcohol and other addictions. Father God, there's people that need their wayward children to come back. So Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, go get the prodigal husband, the prodigal wife the prodigal son and daughter, the prodigal mom and dad. In the name of Jesus, we're praying for a supernatural move of your spirit. A supernatural move of your spirit. Father God, we're going to believe it till we see it. Even though we don't see it, we know you're working. Even though we don't feel it, we know you're working. You are doing what we cannot do, but we're going to do what we can do, and that is believe in the name of Jesus. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by emotions. We walk for deliverance in Jesus' name. We're going to have the breakthrough, the breakthrough, the breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, honor, and glory. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Now just praise him and thank him. And worship him. Pastor Mike, continue to just lead us. Thank you, Lord. You're leading us in the battle. Thank you, Lord. We are fully armed and dangerous with the Holy Spirit. We have the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation. 
the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, and in the name, in the name of Jesus, sing it out.
Man, oh man, I don't know about you guys, but I think you guys are ready for revival tonight, amen? Amen. Family, you ready for the battle? Amen? Man, we went before the enemy tonight. We showed him what was going on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hey, church, we want to welcome you uh, tonight to this amazing worship service and uh, our midweek worship service. My name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor. Hello, Pastor Chuck. And I am your worship pastor here at New Beginnings. And I'm AJ Cully, and I'm also one of your uh, worship leaders here at New Beginnings. I mean, hey, church, we want to catch you up on just a couple of things. Uh, what's going on um, uh, this season? Of course, uh, we want to say thank you so much to every volunteer and our sister Jessica Ramirez and her staff and volunteer for an amazing trunk or treat. Can we, can we applaud them for their hard work and their effort and everything that they did? You know, when you have 1,500, 2,000 people walking through uh, just, and you all are such a vital part of that. And thank you all so much for your participation and that the donations of candy, the support and of course, your volunteerism. Thank you so much for your contributions to that exciting event. We can't wait to see the fruit and the outcome of what comes of that. Amen. Yeah. A, a church. Uh, but um, moving forward, there's some things now that October is behind us. That sounds funny to say because I, I thought we were still in March. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Cindy, she reminded me I had some deadlines due in April. And <laughs> just kidding. But oh my gosh, where are we at, right? We're November the 2nd, and that means uh, that trunk or treat and fall is here. Holiday season is upon us. And, church, I want to talk to you about our Thanksgiving meal boxes. And many of you have called and said, hey, I know it's about that time. And we've had a ton of inquiries. And yes, we have finally been able to close out all the final details, trying to get with our vendors and trying to get with everybody, trying to get everything finalized. So we finally have all the answers and our Thanksgiving meal boxes, our registration is now open. And so church, you can do that. How can they register, Brother Coley? Definitely. So you can go online uh, on our website, nbcapq.com to register. There should be a link somewhere right there on the front page. Or you can just call our uh, main offices from... uh, Monday through Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and just let them know, I want, I want to give. I want to give. Uh, I want to donate a thanks, Thanksgiving box to a family. And it's so cool doing this Thanksgiving um, box thing, uh, donating to uh, families who are least fortunate. Uh, when I first started here at the church, uh, I got the chance to go uh, to one of the schools around the, around the neighborhood here, and we got to pass out these uh, uh, Thanksgiving dinner boxes, and I remember Pastor Richard and I remember this this one kid. Uh, we gave him a bag, and he looked at it, and he said, "I finally get to have a dinner this year." <laughs> and it was just so beautiful for uh, a kid who who knows what what he's been through at that time, but he was able to share a meal with his family, take that home to his family. Um, and right. It's just so awesome. And you're a part of that, and we want to say thank you for that, church. And so, as, as Brother AJ was telling us, not only if you're in need of one, we encourage you to register via our website or the app, but also we're in need of sponsors as well. So if you'd like to sponsor a family, maybe you know of somebody that might need one. 
we ask you go ahead and sign up that way. Or if you say, you know what, I don't have anybody in mind, but I just want to sponsor a basket or two or three baskets. Or maybe the Lord is putting something on your heart like ten baskets. You think I'm lying, but people have done that before. And if you, if the, whatever the Lord is putting on your heart, maybe, maybe it's not a full basket. Say, maybe, maybe, maybe I got like $10 on it. But let the Lord lead you in what you want to do. But we need your help in that. Because as Brother AJ was saying, the impact that we make is lasting. That's why we're always reaching up, reaching out, as well as reaching in. Amen. And so church, we invite you to be a part of that. So registration is open, not only to receive one. So if you need one, please do that. But also if you'd like to sponsor one, okay? And church, the other thing I want to talk to you about, church, is where we at, Brother AJ Coley? Here we go. Frontline Resurrection. (laughs) We're going down the list here. Frontline Resurrection is their annual coat drive. Talk to us a little bit about that, AJ. Definitely. It's getting cold. Winter is coming. Winter is among us. It's getting cold. And there's a lot of kids out there, a lot of families who don't have jackets or they're least fortunate and they're not able to go get a jacket. We're going to help. Our church is going to help, and we're going to donate jackets to kids who are going to need them. Um, New or gently used. So if you please, uh, if you pull it out of the bottom bin and you're like, man, I haven't seen this thing in 10 years, do me a favor. If it's it's in decent shape, wash it up for us. Check it out. If you wouldn't wear it, don't give it to us, right? Uh, But if you say it's still in pretty good shape, bring it on by. There's a drop-off bin. There's a drop-off bin in the mall. Here at New Beginnings, do us a favor, drop it off there. You can talk to Frontline Resurrection, Lucia McCarthy, or Lucia, is it Lucia, Brother Tomas? Lucia? Lucia McCarthy is going to be your contact person. It's either going to be her or Brother Tomas or Sister Renee that you can talk to about any questions you have that uh, regarding the coat uh, drive for winter, uh, for winter coat drive for Frontline Resurrection. Amen? So church, always stay on top of what's going on. Here at New Beginnings by visiting our website in the events tab, or you can always check out our app. And thank you so much for always being a part of that. And church, um, always thank you for what you're doing and your continued giving and your continued obedience. And we always want to remind you, thank you so very much for your continued support. And if you want to be a part of the life, you know what? We're always looking for volunteers. And so if you want to be a part of the life of the church, not only sometimes you think, you know, it's not about the money. It's about what we're doing and the impact that we're making in this community. And so if you want to be, instead of just maybe dropping off, which is always appreciated, right? Your, your beautiful envelope in one of our tithing boxes or however you give. But we're always looking for volunteers. Our children's department, our youth department, our worship department, our security, our ushers. We're in such a deficit right now in ushers and greeters. So if you want to be a part of our church and be a part of the life of what we're doing and be maybe the director of first impressions, right? We call them greeters. Talk to us. You can always visit our page. So thank you so very much for that. And with that, we turn it over to our senior pastor. Please welcome him to the platform, our senior pastor, Richard Mansfield. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. I'll tell you, what you just experienced was not emotions, even though a lot of emotions were tied up with it, but it's truth, amen? Amen. Truth, the power of God, truth. Hey, on those jackets, we're accepting jackets from little babies all the way up to grown adults because all the adult sizes we're giving to Pastor Chuck for God's warehouse, all the children's sizes we're giving to the kids that need them desperately, okay? And, and we also participate in Angel Tree 
If you don't know what that's about, there's a Christmas tree set up, and you de- they, they'll tell you all about it. But you can start checking out angels. And guess what Saturday is, guys? We get to sleep a whole extra hour. We get to throw our clocks back an hour. So, so try to remember that. Otherwise, you're going to show up to church really early. <laughs> hey, guys, I, I'm doing this. I, I want to release all the young people. Guys, you guys go tear it up for Jesus. You just encourage one another. Speak life into each other. Speak hope into each other. And, and guys, I just want to let you know uh, that I'm, I'm, you know, some of you might think, God, this guy preaches series forever. But I just try to get into the word and understand what we're doing. We've been going through the Beatitudes out, out of the gospel of Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus starts laying out the foundation for his ministry, the foundation of what he's doing, the foundation of how he's going to minister and what he's going to do in ministry. And so we've been looking at, at, at the Beatitudes, and, and today is the last of this eight-part series as we look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. And it says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. He says, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Lord, you're doing something really special tonight. And I pray, God, that we could grab a hold of this and that we could put up with it. We could put up with the persecution. We could put up with the the setbacks in life. We could put up with the, the, the things that come against us, that we could put up with it and shut it up and turn it around and turn it inside out as we reach up, reach in, and reach out with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. Look, we don't like putting up with stuff. We don't like being discomforted. We don't like to be inconvenienced very much. The weather's changing. We're in New Mexico. If you've been in New Mexico, I don't know why we gripe, but it's really, really cold in the morning. And then it's really, really hot in the afternoon. Then it starts getting cooler, and then it's really, really cold again. And you don't even know what to do. I wear a sweater? Do I not wear a sweater? Do I wear layers? And you can wear layers, and before you know it, you're carrying all these sweaters and jackets and shirts and stuff because you've wore so many layers. And, and it's just crazy. And there's things that we don't like putting up with. We are a bunch of whiners. And Jesus is saying to us here, I want to make sure you understand that God blesses those, happy are those, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. He doesn't say, maybe you might be persecuted. He doesn't say, I hope you don't get persecuted. He says, when you are persecuted, let me tell you something, God is with you, God is holding you up, all because of the kingdom of God. And you and I will be persecuted. It's going to come against us. It's barely starting. It's already starting in some areas. And let me tell you something. 
We don't respond well to persecution. We don't respond well to inconvenience. Look, you get a little rain. I uh, should we go to church? I don't know. It's it's raining, and you know what happens when the rain hits me? I turn into the witch from Wizard of Oz, and I'm melting. It's like grow up. It's a little bit of water. You took a shower, but I don't want to take a shower again. Oh my gosh. It's kind of chilly outside. Do you really want to go chilly? Oh, maybe instead let's go to Chili's and we'll eat something over there. It's like, my goodness gracious, we don't know anything. So we've got to understand the reality of persecution, the reality that's going to take place, the reality of what's going to happen. We have to get it, and we have to understand about the reality of persecution. You see it right there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. He said, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you, and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Not because you go to church. Not because, see, we are supposed to be walking in the fullness of God, and we're supposed to be Christians. We are supposed to be walking in Christianity, not churchianity. And there's a lot of churchianity people around. Oh, they're full of church, and they're full of themselves, but they're not full of the Holy Spirit, and they're not full of the Word of God, and they're not full of the power of the Holy Spirit living in their life. And they're living a a religious life and a religious way of doing things, and all that gets them is about from here to five feet in front of you. And then we don't know why things are happening. We don't know what is going on. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know. We just don't get it. And we don't understand it. And he says, don't you get it? Don't you understand? Persecution is coming. Persecution. We don't understand persecution in the United States. Oh, we're starting to see a little bit about it. You barely mention anything. Say anything about LGBTQIA and plus. No, no, that's what they're calling it now. LGBTQIA plus. Because they're saying anything else in there. But say anything about that, no, you're going to get in trouble. Say anything about a Muslim, you're going to get in trouble. Say anything about Jesus, you're going to get in trouble. It's like, goodness gracious, you can't talk anymore without getting in trouble. Jesus said a whole bunch of stuff, and he got himself in trouble. Matter of fact, he got crucified because he was preaching the truth. We have to understand persecution is coming. That doesn't mean we want to go out there and say, yeah, let me be an idiot and cause all kind of problems. But we've got to be able to understand the reality of persecution and it's taking place and it's coming and it's going to be pretty hard on Christians and people that are going to stand for the truth. In less than one week, we're going to go to the voting polls. We're going to vote. Some of you have done early voting. Do you know how much is on the line? Do you understand that that life begins at conception? But people are like, who cares? Oh, my gosh, why do they make such a big deal about abortion? What would happen if someone walked up to you and cut your baby out of you? Well, that's not fair. I didn't make a choice of that. Murder is murder. But see, we don't care. We don't understand. Then we say, I don't want to really tell people that I'm a Christian because then they're going to persecute me. 
They're not going to like me. I don't even want to tell my family. I don't want to tell my friends. I don't want to tell anybody. Let me tell you something. The reality of persecution is right here. That doesn't mean go pick a fight. I don't like fights. I've always told my family, I go, I don't like the fight. You know why? Because even if you win, getting hit still hurts. Even if you hit them more, it still hurts. Some of you are saying, well, I don't wait. I don't let them hit me. Well, that's good for you. But the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's, out the, he's like a roaring lion ready to take us down. Somebody told me one time, oh, but the, the, the devil's been declawed and he's been deteased. And I'm like, I don't think so, buddy. He's got big claws and big teeth and he will chew you up and spit you out. He will leave you as rags if you don't take care. That's why you put on the full armor of God. That's when you could stand up against the wild schemes of the enemy. But on your own, you don't stand a chance. Greater is he who's in us than the the one that's in the world. Not you. Uh, I could take on the devil. I don't know what lie somebody fed you and you believed. The Lord could take on the devil. But we got to understand the reality of persecution. Second thing we really have to understand is the reason for persecution. There's going to be a reason people are going to persecute you. They're going to come after you. They're going to come after you. And they're going to say stuff like, you know what? Oh, those are Christians. They're followers of Christ. That's why nowadays it's even hard to say, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. You know what? People say they're Christian. They live worse than the devil. It's like, man, don't shame the name of Jesus. It's like, man, Jesus says, you're carrying my name. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, then I would restore their land. Then I would heal it. Then I would totally turn it around. But he's saying, you've got to start living it. You need to be followers of Christ. That's why it's so important that we call each other followers of Christ. Before we'd say, hey, are you Christian? And now everyone's a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And they live like the devil himself. And you can't even tell a real Christian from a fake one anymore. And that's why he said there's gonna be a reason for persecution. In John chapter 15, verse 20, it says, do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than his master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they, are, they have listened to me, they would listen to you. So he's saying, get it. Get it through your head. They took me down, and they're going to try to take you down. But God is our strength. He is our shield. He's our fortress. In him do we find our strength. In him do we find help. We run to him. We hide in him. Oh, do you need a crutch? Absolutely. How did standing on your own, where did that get you? Oh, I'm not that bad. Not that good either. Are you with me? I mean, we think we're all that. And yeah, we're all that, all right? We're so full of ourselves. We're full of it. <laughs> Man, we need to understand that, that there's a reason why we get persecuted. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Yes, 
And everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. So if you're going to be a genuine Christian and a real follower of Christ, and you're going to live it, and you're going to show it in the way you treat people, and you're not going to retaliate, you're not going to gossip, you're not going to backbite, you're not going to set people up, you're not going to come after them, you're not going to do character assassination, you're not going to tear people down, you're not going to hurt people, you're going to build them up and not tear them down, if that's the kind of person you're going to be, people are going to come against you because they're going to say, oh, yeah, she thinks he's all that. He thinks he's all that. He doesn't like to gossip. Oh, brother. So now you're going to gossip about him because he doesn't gossip about you. It's crazy, isn't it? It's ridiculous. We have a lot of reasons why we're going to get persecuted, and the main one is because you're trying to live like Jesus. Jesus was a perfect man, yet what did they do? They talked about him. Even his own family at one time thought he was crazy. His own brothers and sisters said, Jesus, come home, man. You're making a fool out of yourself. They stood outside. They go, Jesus. Hey, man, my crazy brother, Jesus. They, 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 they called him crazy in the Bible. His own flesh and blood. They, they literally thought he was kind of missing it. How many of you have been persecuted by your own family? How many of your own family said, oh my gosh, Boracito, he's so dumb, he really believes all that stuff. She's so dumb, she's at church on Wednesdays and on Sundays, and, and she goes to Bible study, and she goes on Saturday when they're going to have the, the women's uh, sisterhood get together. She's going to be there, oh, brother. Yeah, they're the ones that need it. You need to drag them over here. We ought to have a big pool of holy water and dip them in there to get the demons out, man. It's like, man. Okay, don't say that. Don't say that. Say, hey, come, we're going to have a deliverance service to get the devil out of you. Don't say that to your family. Don't say that. But, but, but we're, we're going to get, there's going to be reasons for us being attacked. So then, I want to focus on some time on how to respond to persecution. How do you respond to it? What do you do when persecution comes after you and comes at you head on and it meets you face dead in the eye and it comes after you and it stands there and the devil has a way of standing there and saying, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. What you going to do? And in the name of Jesus, send him back to hell where he belongs. So the first thing, if we're going to respond to persecution, recognize the source. Recognize the source. Understand, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So it's not a person that's coming after you. It's not a person instigating you. It's not a person slamming you. You have to understand that the devil uses people. The demons come and stick craziness in their head and craziness in their mind, and next thing you know, they're saying or doing some really dumb things to hurt you. Amen? But don't get all mad at them. Get mad at the devil and say, you know what, devil? Go to hell where you belong. In the name of Jesus, put a hedge of protection around me. And Lord, that person that's really attacking me, I know the devil's using them. I pray that they get it together and they really see how they're being used of the devil right now. You got to recognize that. 
in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 10, it says, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of God. And it says, and the authority of his, and the authority of his Christ. And it says, for the accuser of the brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before God day and night. And who's the accuser of the brethren? The devil. He's the one that comes and accuses us, and he uses people to do it. The devil puts this crazy thought in your head, and you go, yeah, you're right, huh? Yeah, who do they think they are anyway? You know what? And you know what? And you know what? And you know what? You make a fool out of yourself. So you've got to make sure that you recognize the source. The second thing you have to do is refuse to retaliate, refuse to fight back, refuse to start a fight, refuse to fight. Give the battle to the Lord because the battle belongs to the Lord. He will fight for you. He will fight for you. We just sang it, man. We're going to celebrate the victory. We're going to live in the victory. We're going to walk in the victory. The victory belongs to the Lord, and we belong to the Lord. And he shares his victory with us, and he shares his joy with us, and he shares his peace with us, and he gives and gives and gives of himself and does something supernatural. So we need to hold on to that. We need to realize that. We need to get a hold of that, and that needs to get a hold of us, and supernatural things need to take place. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 17, it says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. That you're honorable. That they'll say, oh my gosh, man, they're not fighting back. Wow. People start sticking up for you. They go, man, they're not even saying anything about you. Why don't you shut up and leave them alone? Hasn't that ever happened to you? I know it has to me. People talk about me. I don't know why. What do they, what do they talk about me? I, I, he thinks he's all that. Oh, brother, look, he doesn't even wear a suit. Oh, brother, he's wearing a suit. Oh, brother, he does. Oh, brother, he, oh, my goodness gracious. Don't you have something better to spend your time on than me? But don't fight back. Romans twelve nineteen says, dear brothers, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, it says, He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always, who always, who always judges fear fairly. So we need to make sure we do that. Another way to respond is respond positively. You need to respond positively. Be positive in the way you respond. 
Don't get all negative and all mad and just wait. You know what, man? You know what? You're lucky I'm a Christian. You're lucky I ought to take you out in the parking lot. You know, that, that's not the church out there. I could take you out there. Oh, my gosh. You're supposed to be a Christian no matter where you are, in the parking lot or in the building. Grow up and act like it. You know, like, oh, grow up. You know what, pastor? Just because you're the pastor, I'm going to wait for you in the parking lot after church. Hip or no hip, I'm going to body slam you. It's like, man, calm down. Man, chill out. What do they say? Chillax, man. Chillax. It's like people get weird. Haven't you ever noticed that? Well, I'm sure you all never hang out with weird people. I've seen some weird stuff. And that's just at my house. (laughs) But hear me. We really have to stay before the Lord and not allow ourselves to be pulled into some kind of nonsense. People, have you seen people on social media going to town on each other? Oh, my gosh. You know what? I don't know about you. Oh, I don't know about you. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. I can't believe you all had a trunk or treat. I can't believe you're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. I can't believe you're going to have a Christmas tree. I can't believe you're going to celebrate New Year's. I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. Ah, shut up. In a Christian kind of way, I'm sorry. In a Christian kind of way, of course. It's like, my goodness gracious. Focus on the majors, not in the minors. People are dying and going to hell, and you're worried, oh, my gosh. Oh, what, what, I can't believe you have a tree in the building. They're dying at our doorsteps, and we're concerned about a tree. They're dying and killing each other with fentanyl and, and all kinds of drugs and shooting at each other and putting the tax on each other, but we're worried about trunk or treat. Oh, my goodness gracious, get a life. Quit retaliating, though. Don't get, respond positively. In Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. By doing good. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it says, but I say, love your enemies. Ay, carambas. Love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Now, this isn't saying like, love your enemies. Oh, I'm a Dallas Cowboy, so I'm, I'm, I don't like the Broncos, and I don't like the Redskins, and I don't like it, and I don't know. It's not talking about that. This is saying people that you literally, I don't like them. I don't like them. If I had a chance, I would let them know who's boss. You got some issues. That's, that's probably your enemy. He's saying, love them. That's not always easy to do. See, I might be your best friend, and all of a sudden we disagree on something. So now you're my enemy. You don't agree with me. That's not, this is talking about people who don't like you, don't love you. They want to eliminate you. And he loved them. Jesus loved them, and he's telling us to love them. He's saying, love your enemies. And he says, pray for them. And he's not saying pray like, get them, God, get them. Sick them, God, put your holy fire, let them burn. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, pray for them. Lord, 
I pray my enemies come to know you as Savior and Lord. Lord, I, I pray that my enemies really realize that you are king. Lord, I pray that they have a radical transformation with you. We need to rejoice over it. Rejoice. You need to rejoice. You need to really stand and rejoice and celebrate who he is and celebrate what he's done. So you've got to really be able to recognize the source and see where it's coming from and stand up against it and make sure that you don't let anything pull you in and pull you down and let you fall all messed up. You've got to stand up against the wild schemes of the enemy and rejoice. And you say, why should I rejoice? Well, let me tell you reasons why you should rejoice. Number one, you've got to realize that it means that God's spirit can be seen in your life. If people are not talking about you because you're a Christian, maybe they can't see Christianity in you. If they're not saying, oh, brother, they're Bible thumpers. They go to church. They're those kind of weirdos that go to church on Sunday, Wednesday, and even have Bible studies, and in the break room, they're reading the Bible. Why, isn't that ridiculous? Why, why don't they just sit around and us talking about sports or talking about each other and gossiping? No, they want to be like Jesus. Why, that's ridiculous. You ought to be rejoicing. Thank you, Lord, they see Jesus in me. Thank you, Lord, they see the Spirit of God working in me. Thank you, Lord, that they see the reflection of Jesus Christ coming from my life. You ought to rejoice. You ought to rejoice and celebrate. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. For the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. Man, I pray that they see the Holy Spirit upon us. I pray that they see Christianity in us. I pray that they say, wow, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, you're smiling, you're holding your head up, you're being knocked down but not destroyed. You have been, you just just perplexed but not abandoned by God. Man, that they see the Spirit of God shining through us. So we ought to rejoice. We also ought to rejoice because it means that God can trust us. He's trusting us with his spirit. He's trusting us with his example. People are seeing him in us. So he's trusting you to bear the name of Christ. He's trusting you to be an ambassador of Christ. He's trusting you to be the representation of Christ. He's trusting you to carry forth his name. He's trusting you to be able to be a representative of him. We don't trust everyone, do we? Haven't you ever told your kids, now you better behave because you're representing the Lord and you're representing our family name. So please behave. Well, we're representing his name and he's saying, behave. He's trusting us with his name. In Acts chapter 5, verse 41, it says, The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of God, for the name of Jesus. And they were saying, wow, he trusted us. Wow, that's awesome. And we also have to understand when we're persecuted, it's only temporary. So rejoice, it's only temporary. This isn't going to last forever. This, this is going to come to an end. 
This earth that we know is going to come to an end. This attacks of the devil, it's going to come to an end. We're going to have peace, the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. Man, it's going to be, we're going to be in glory, and it's, we're going to forget all about it, and we're going to live for eternity there. Oh, but I've had to deal with this for 20 years. That's nothing with God's timing. That's just like about 20 seconds. We're going to be there forever, forever and ever. Do you know forever is longer than watching a chick flick with your wife? Do you know that long eternity is longer than the pastor's sermon? It's even longer than that. When you're going, oh, when's he going to stop? It's never going to end. We're going to be in heaven for forever. I don't mean my sermon forever, but being in God's presence forever. This suffering here, this persecution is, is only temporary. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Man, Lord, you are good. Thank you, God, for what you do. Thank you for how you do it. Lord, I bless your name. Another reason we need to rejoice is, is, is because you know what? You got to remember your reward. Man, we're going to live forever. We're going to be in his glorious presence. He's going to give us a reward. I mean, look what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And since we are his children, We are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So in other words, you know what? There's going to be some suffering going on, but you know what? We get to share his glory. Now think about this. Jesus suffered, and there was prophets that suffered. And when we read that in, in, in the very, very beginning, when we read in Matthew chapter 5, and I read the scripture there, and I read in, the, in, in verse uh, 12, it said right there in verse 12, it says, be happy about it, be very glad, for our great reward awaits us in heaven. And remember, he said, the ancient prophets who were persecuted in the same way. He's saying, you're going to be counted in the great prophets that were persecuted. So man, when you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and you see all the people that were persecuted and all the people, some were cut in half, some were boiled in oil, some, and they're going to get this great reward. He said, if you get to go through it, guess what? You're going to get it too. So he's saying, don't give up. Remember the reward. It's going to be amazing. Look, 44 years ago, I walked down the same aisle to the same altar for the same reason Cindy did, to say, I do. Those two simple little words, I do. Do you know the power and everything that comes with that? I said, I do. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought I was already, I'm 21, I'm out of college, I have a business. I, ooh, I've got it made. 
We got married. We even had a living maid. And we, we had it all going to, man, we thought, oh, I know everything there is about marriage. I didn't have a clue. I said I do, and I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I didn't know the trials and tribulations of marriage. I didn't know how childish I could be and how childish Cindy could be. And when she was childish and I was childish at the same time, oh, God help us. Come on, all of you that are married, you know what I'm talking about. I did not understand saying I do what it involved. But let me tell you something. 44 years later, I'm like, oh, the reward's amazing. It's amazing. It's glorious. Well, when we say I do to the Lord, I'm telling you, we don't have a clue. Saying I do didn't mean I was married It was my heart connected to Cindy that got married. See, it was a public declaration. The ring I wear doesn't mean it just lets people know I'm married, but my life should show that I'm married. See, when we get baptized, that's a public declaration. I am now a follower of Jesus, not because I got in the baptismal tub, but because I accepted Jesus Christ, and I'm going public letting everyone know I am his and he is mine. When I got married, I said to the world, I'm hers and she's mine. And this is why it's so important that the last thing I want to say is that we have to remain faithful. We have to remain faithful. We are tempted with so many good things, aren't we? There's other places you could be on a Wednesday night, but you chose to be in the house of God and the presence of God, to worship his name, to love him, and to receive whatever he had to give you. And I don't know about you, I'm thinking, man, can you imagine all the people that missed tonight? I don't know about you, man. I'm telling you, God is still shaking. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. And the shaking is getting the bad out and the good in. He's making room for more. Pressed down, shaking together. He's going to fill us to overflowing. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, he says right there, So if you're suffering in the manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the Lord who created you, for he'll never fail you. Be faithful. Be faithful. You're going to be tempted with a lot of things in life. There's nothing greater than receiving from God. There's nothing greater than giving your life over to him. I don't know if you have. And if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to tonight, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, I've never done that and I want to do that tonight. Anyone here? Well, then I want to pray for us, church. I want to pray for us that even in the midst of persecution, you rise up. Even in the midst of the attack, you rise up. And you say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will take a stand against the wild schemes of the enemy. So would you stand with me? Let's close out in prayer. I don't know if you need to come up for something in your life. Maybe you've just been half-stepping it. Maybe you've been messing with God and playing the part. And tonight you're saying, God, forgive me. I have been, I'm, I'm ashamed of who I became. 
But I'm telling you, I just really believe this is the kind of sermon where we're all at the altar right now and we all have to make a decision and we all have to say, are we going to live it or fake it? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters and I pray for myself. God, persecution is here and persecution will get much worse. Lord, there's people around the world that are dying just because they bear the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Lord. Father God, I pray for each one of us here and those online, Father God, that you minister to them, you minister to us. That, Father God, we could take a stand and stand against the wild schemes of the enemy, and, Lord God, we could have the victory and experience the victory and celebrate the victory in the name of Jesus. So thank you, Lord. In spite of persecution, the church of the living God will march forward. We only stop to preach the word of God. Otherwise, we march forward. So thank you, God, for what you're doing in our life. Thank you for what you've done. And thank you for how you want to work, Lord God. We don't want to half-step anymore. Full stride. Full stride. Walking in step with the Lord to the drumbeat of Jesus Christ. That, Lord, our heart is beating the same as yours. Show us the things that, Lord God, please you. Show us the things that we need to stop doing. God, transform us. I pray in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people shout out, amen. Amen. We love you, church. Go live it out to the glory of God. Go inspire someone, encourage someone as they go home tonight and say, I love you. I want to pray for you and pray for one another. God bless you.